we're on. I don't know. Did you hear about the? No, carry on. We're, Are we on we're, live, we're live. We're live. We're live. Did you? Have you got a joke? We could do my um, fact of the day. Go. Did Did you know that a crocodile can't stick its tongue out? There you go. No, well, we didn't. You we said didn't, you didn't know that. We didn't. We know now. Well, I know you're not a crocodile, though, well, Chris. That's no, great. That's great podcast there. There's, there's no, no sharp intake of breath. Have you got anything better to talk about? A dog can't look at this guy. Is who? What? Is that a joke? Ever seen a dog look up? Yeah. <laughs> or that? <laughs> Again. <laughs> great content. <laughs> great content. You know what? I so, think. I think actually the reason we've no pre-pod is that we're quite excited about the main subject. Do you know what I mean? I think we're just no banter because Chris, you've inspired. And this is a serious subject. It's a serious subject. I've got. I've no time for jokes. Are you joking? The the planet's burning, and we're talking about dogs looking up at the sky. They've no time for that. And I didn't. When after I read Chris's article, I I I I told him it was good, and I agreed with all. And I didn't think. So I I don't even think I'm going to argue with him. I was shocked at that. Well, okay. Let's Let's just let's get on. Welcome to The Good Roundup. Good is a brand consultancy in the United Kingdom. Uh, we get together for uh, time to time to have a little chats about brand and what's going on with it and what's up with it and what's good with it and what's bad with it and all, all, all of that stuff. And I'm joined as ever with uh, by Mr. Chris Lumsden. Afternoon. And Ms. Julie Murdoch. Hello. Hello. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite an exciting topic today. Oh, right, when I say exciting, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be cancelling any given, plans. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've given I would, it the big build-up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, like, avoiding going to the movies or anything, but, uh, but I'm, it's, it's something that's kind of near and dear to our heart. But uh, And it was inspired by many things, but an article that Chris wrote and that is tearing up LinkedIn with probably, I think, 10 likes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As many as ten. It's double figures, wow. man. Wow. We're ripping up. We're screwing the algorithm up like daft. Let's put the three listeners out there. We're pure what it is. What so, is the uh, so, Chris, what was the topic of the I, post? It was called uh, Sustainability, What Pending Legislation Means for Corporate Brands. So, of course, you're staying in now, I aren't you? Yeah, I mean, who's leaving <laughs> now? <laughs> I mean... But anyway, it was. It doesn't written. sound like a classic, but it is a very well, interesting and current, relevant topic that we are hearing and seeing quite, lots about, aren't we? Yeah, it's quite a long one, but it was written, I suppose, just thinking about all the stuff that's been in the news about COP, and then also looking at the work that we are doing with clients and inquiries we're getting and stuff. I think this is the sustainability aspect and issue is the biggest issue in branding right now i think mm-hmm. you could argue it's the biggest issue in business you know yeah. but and it's it's a challenge and how brands get to grips with the messaging around sustainability is 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 really important so let, let's look at this as the old let's use the old rule of three to guide us through this podcast then let's start oh. off if you like that so let's start off with the, where, where do we think we are just now as a consultancy that works with business to understand this kind of sustainability message and everything else. So where, where do you think we are at the moment? I, I think we're at the beginning of it. Uh, I think, though, that we are slightly further ahead than some of the businesses who are considering this. I think we've thought through some of the implications, but there are certainly, I think, others that will become clear and clearer as as we as we move down the path. I think generally 
will think of this as pre-COP26 and post-COP26 mm. because there has been some, even though it didn't meet the, 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 the you know, the, the, the temperature 1.5 degree thing that we were looking for, but there's been some steep targets set and business is going to have to change. And trying to figure out how, what that means for them at their core is really important. And I, and we, we can see it, we can feel it, we can see the issues across our client base right now. And we've seen, and this is something we've seen clients struggle with and certain some of our clients struggle with for a long time now, isn't yeah. it, in terms of how to, which we'll, yeah. we'll, is one of the things we'll talk about. But they don't about, have but... an awful lot of time to get no. to grips with it. And I guess what this is about is there's a little hint, at, uh, you know, I think that they're going to get, you know, it's going to be a bit more stick and less carrot now. I think there's legislation coming. Mm-hmm. And then it's also our thoughts on on how we can get tips on how, how how to deal I remember, with it. How, yeah, yeah, there's the operational you. side of what business will need to do, but then there's also the communication of it, which we're going to be more focused on. And, and about. when we kind of look at clients at the moment, and we've got a very broad spread of clients when they look at sustainability, and we've got clients like Interface who are, Continually At topping, core, yeah, 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 and continually topping charts of some of one of the most sustainable businesses in the world. Yeah, the Globe Scan Sustainability Survey, yep, yeah, which yeah. is huge. And then we've got others who are not 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 doing it, but it. But when you compare interface to anybody else, there just seems to be quite a a, a number of ways to approach it. Yeah, it's and it's hard, right? I mean, it's hard even for interface. Um, you know, they still struggle with how how to fold this messaging and stuff into, the, mm. into their into their marketing, whether that's product launches or brand stuff. It's difficult. And, it, you know, it's difficult for everyone. And that's a and that's a business where who does have sustainability at its core and always has had, you yeah. know, so never mind the, the, the brands where maybe being treated with, you know, a, a little bit of a... Greenwashing? Green, well, yeah, or, or just, a, you know, broad claims uh, around sustainability. Um, but then actually when you, when you try and... When you, dig a little deeper it's a bit of a veneer that means not very much and how accountable those businesses yeah. will need to become it's on page 15 of the business plan with a picture of trees uh, yes. with some mystery and, nice yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and a chart yeah and a panda a chart that's at core sustainability is our yeah, core yeah, and then yeah, we build that yeah. so in the second part of the three is do we, shall we unpack this thing about the legislation yeah pending? yeah so the next because so where I we saw, are well, what's I, happening i saw that so just before cop i saw this piece on the BBC News website, it was about UK and it was about the UK Treasury who are looking to bring in some legislation around, you know, defining what businesses' impact on the environment is. And I thought that was quite interesting. It's There's a, a document that they've published which is focused on the finance sector at the moment, but I think the article said, and the reading I've done is that it seems like it's going to expand beyond that, but it's about a roadmap to sustain, a greening finance, a roadmap to sustainable investing. And, and it just basically suggests that Businesses are going to be held to account. They're using things called SDR, sustainability disclosure requirements, which you know sets out the the the, the angle and uh, uh, you know the, the the territory that businesses are going to have to kind of publish their impacts around. And that's interesting because it creates focus. And the and, and the more interesting aspect, I think, was it introduces a thing called the green taxonomy. Now, this is for the UK at the moment, but I, I, it's interesting. It's interesting that you know where they're taking it and. What I, what I expected to be really dull and hard to read was actually surprisingly accessible and interesting, which, as we know, is one of the mm-hmm. issues around this subject matter. So it has three aims and six objectives, and we'll not get dragged into them, but the six objectives are worth a look because they're areas that are around climate change, mitigation, and circular economy and that kind of thing. But the thing I found really interesting in reading them was that there was no mention of the word carbon at all. And we were discussing, mm-hmm. you know, about whether that was... 
Yeah, deliberately. Or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what we do know is that that word is really problematic and challenging. And then all the and all the associated terms with it as well around was something we talked about, wasn't it? Carbon neutral, carbon positive, carbon negative, and the confusion around all of that. A hundred percent. And this is to your point, Stuart, about where we are in the journey. This is why I think we're at the beginning still. I think we're all at the beginning because the, the terminology is so loose and so kind of you know we notice that some clients talk about carbon negative and some clients talk about carbon positive and. Yeah, there's can, no real kind of clear that. conventions, uh-huh. are there, in terms of how you talk about some of these and things? It's just and if you actually talk to a consumer about it, or a, or a, well, let's not say a person, <laughs> I mean a consumer, a person, yeah. it's then mm-hmm. it, carbon negative is actually a positive thing mm-hmm. because yeah. it's about negative impact. And it, you think that, you know, it's just such a minefield of explanation and and you're just down the rabbit hole with it yeah well we talked about you know when we talked about recycling you know and the confusion around that in a, in a previous podcast didn't we? and it's like and this is tenfold yeah. you know and or has the opportunity be to be tenfold when you're talking about layers of complexity around a, a subject matter but like you say people consumers are going to be more and more holding businesses to account well, and looking to engage with brands that are you know have a serious position on that so that, that is it. credible and that's it. And, you know, there's a recent study that said that consumers don't really know. You know, there was a thing recently that said, I think it was nearly 70% of the public hadn't heard of or didn't know what carbon capture was. And sometimes you're party to discussions with clients and they talk about stuff in such grandiose terms and you're realising no one's going to know what that mm. means. You have to be careful with that terminology. Which is one of the things we're going to talk about as well yeah, so, in terms of our tips. Yeah, yeah. But I think that this legislation is not fixed, and rightly it's not fixed yet. There's no timetable for it, but it's coming. I think it's naive to assume that it's not going to come. Okay. So the question then is what does that mean? And I think, you know, rightly the legislation is focused on, on on operations, businesses' operations, but we should be asking what are the what are the sort of second order brand impact point? What's going to happen from the from a brand point of view? What does yep. that mean? Yep. And I think, and in my article, I think there's three three things. What is the first? Well, the first is we just kind of touched on it. I think there's going to be a kind of a standardization and an introduction of common terms, which is going to have to happen. And, and arguably, it's the most important thing because if we're not all singing from a similar M sheet, then we're all screwed because uh, confusion will reign. Creating standardized terms allows people, consumers, people, you're right, Stuart, people in the street to to compare, compare and make uh, compare products, competitors' products, and make purchase decisions. Aren't you know that, that that's really important? I think the sooner that happens, the better. Again, I don't know how this is going to play out on a global scale versus a, 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 a US scale, but yeah. you would imagine that it's it's going to happen in the US. There's as well. definitely been chat about when you're putting in your financial, reg, you know, when you're reporting every quarter in your financial status. Part of that will also be your your climate sustainability yeah. status mm. at the same time and it's whether that that status and the terms that are used to define that status are going to be common international, yeah. international. Yeah. that's a big ask because the risk at the same time of it not being is that we just create a whole new logo soup of stuff mm. that we create and brands create as proprietary marks and stuff again confusion will reign so i think that's really important and i think that hopefully will happen i think the second thing is there's going to be what I say is a, a sort of confluence of messaging. So if if you're setting criteria to report in certain areas, then business and brands will will promote and spin messages in those areas as well. So you're going to end up creating kind of similar stories potentially. They're all going to sound the same. That's maybe good because if they're reporting truthfully or realistically on their Im- impacts, then maybe maybe that's the end of of greenwash or the beginning of the end which could be 
a thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, good thing. But again, you know, the danger is how do you how do you sound distinct? How do you stand out from the crowd if everyone's doing the same thing? I don't know. I'm guessing, but it, it's a bit like uh, I've been. I don't know if you know this, but I've been looking to buy a new telly. You've mentioned it. Well, I've heard that Brody is buying a new telly. My son's buying a new telly. Don't (laughs) tell my partner. I'm so glad she doesn't listen to this. But the point being is that the energy rating on the TVs now is that it's now not a distinctive thing to kind of go, this is what it is, because you now just look at it and you go, what is it? And and it's the same. Yeah, it's just it's a hygiene factor, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And then that and kind of convention. You, you just kind of look at it and go, that's what it is. And you just glance at it and you, there's now a, a format to it that you understand. And I take it that's the point you're trying to make here. In theory, there should be a format that everybody would understand. But the challenge with that for brands is how do you tell a distinctive story mm. over something that becomes a graph? You yeah, know, you and, know. and it does, I suppose it plays to the point that how important is this messaging to the consumer? Mm-hmm. But we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. And also the, your point around that kind of use of common terms. If brands try to use something that is common to differentiate, then, you know, what are you going to call it something different? It just adds to that you yeah. know, confusion. But your point's a good one. The 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 rating, the energy rating on white goods or goods mm. consumer. I, I, we all can see it in our mind's eye, yeah. can't we? The red, yeah. blue, yeah, the green. Amber, stick, um, yeah. Yeah. So at least it's got a common graphic yeah. reference. Yep. That's a tick, but you're yeah. right. They all look the same now, and if they're all at a level, then it's no longer a differentiator. Yeah. It's yep. a hygiene factor. I'm sure there will be, even if there are certain elements of sustainability that become standardised in terms of how they're described in the metrics that, you know, whether it's around carbon or whatever it is that, that businesses are using, there's still going to be plenty of scope to kind of build messaging out beyond that, isn't it? But it's what that kind of baseline standard, that benchmark mm. is, that becomes the consumer expectation. Absolutely. interesting to see how it evolves. And then the third thing I think will happen, and I think to some extent we can see this is already happening, I think there's going to be a big catalyst. This is a big start, a catalyst for reviews. I think agencies and clients are going to review stuff. Full brand reviews, as we know, often take, and there needs to be quite a big sort of corporate trigger for that to happen. I think this is one such trigger. It's interesting that we had a, we were on a call this week with a, a potential new client, and it's in this subject area. I think they're trying to, solve the problem by pushing it into a silo when actually the issue is core to their brand and it probably needs taken deeper you know yeah. but this is the point i think it's the it's the ideal time post cop 26 and this race to net zero that we're seeing that's politically what we talk about it but businesses are looking for it too the ideal time for brands to you know to take them take it apart have a look at how this works how sustainability fits put it all back together get rid of some of the stuff they don't need and and be ready and be ready for the race. I guess the only risk here, again, there's always a risk, is that your phrase, Stuart, is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which again is a thing. You, you, you need to retain what it is that makes you you, mm-hmm. but how do you crucially fold in that, that sustainability messaging on, on top? So yeah, I think it's going to be a, a great trigger. So we've covered where we've been, which has been a bit all over the place with sustainability. Some people digging deep, some people just skimming over it. We're now, you know, where we are at the moment is the proposed legislation which will make a lot of things clearer, more defined. You'll be more able to, yeah, yeah, more accountable. You'll be able to, as a person to be able to judge one company against another to see how they're doing. But when you look to the future, Chris, you've got seven tips to kind of help you on the start of, mm. of this process. This is based on our knowledge and the work that we've done thus far, isn't it? But yep. yeah, I think there are seven tips to how... 
how to get on board with this. So firstly, I think it's one that we that is is probably the most um, obvious one. But it's often these obvious ones that that aren't when you're in when you're in it, you don't see it. But the the point is, you have to accept that this is a journey. No matter who you are, the the story doesn't come out fully formed. So it's you're in it for the long haul, and actually, it's it's more credible, arguably, in in a consumer or a, in a, in a human's eyes. To see somebody trying and saying, "Look, we're we're moving from here to here, and we're only at we're only at stage one." The aim is obviously to get to stage ten or whatever. Yeah. But small incremental changes are are actually the way forward here. It's not one and done. And quite a lot of the marketing, you know, the people that we've been involved with in this really want to. Rightly, I understand why they want to come out with the look what we've done, rather than here's where we want to go and these are the steps we're taking. Yeah. To get there, yeah. So this overclaim and hype stuff, I think, is all. So kind of historically, it's where we were, but I don't think it's where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. It's think, a journey. And I think that, and we talked about this the other day, that obviously, you know, Patagonia, I think, is a, is a good example of, of a brand that embraces that really well. There was an article I read the other week about just talking about the journey that they're on and recognising that they're part of the problem, despite the fact that I think they were number two, weren't they, on that same report, that global mm. sp- you know, whatever it was, 2021, sustainable um, leaders, sustainability leaders. And they still, you know, even a brand who, the same, similar to Interface and in that with something like sustainability at its core, still talks about this as a journey that they're on. So mm-hmm. those that are slightly newer to the party that have bigger changes to make, you know, it's not a, it's not a negative to be talking about those small incremental gains in the meantime, mm. in the shorter term. Number two is just simply, quite simply review the core your core brand elements and and think about how your commitments in the sustainability arena fit with what you already have and the question we've always got is does it have to be an explicit call out or can it be a bit more nuanced can it be implied across other values so you know values like responsibility and care and things like that you can wrap sustainability up into that Mm -hmm. you don't have to call it out explicitly i use an example here on this all birds brand which it's interesting it went public the other week i think for the i don't know what it is nine billion dollars or something crazy but they, they i mean it's core to them right sustainability is built in a sustainability shoe company yeah. and they actually back to the labels and the the, the marks they've they build in the carbon footprint of each shoe and it's they've got that on a label so you know obviously that's really really key and core to them but not all businesses are the same that way so it doesn't need to be as explicit. And again, we're always trying to talk people back from the edge of being that explicit. It's just about yeah, thinking it through. How it's and making it relevant for you. And I think that's a really important point because like you say, I think and that's from a consumer point of view, and this is something you've talked about, well, we've talked about in the past, in that it's one of a number of things that brands are going to need to talk about. But building that into their core messaging is going to be really important because product is still number one. And actually, you know, even from there are of course lots of people who care a huge amounts about the brands that they choose to buy and based on and whether that you know how sustainable those companies are and there's also a lot of people that that don't and that actually will look for a few boxes to be checked but ultimately will still buy nike over all birds mm. because they care about the product more you know mm-hmm. and i think that's where that sort of credibility thing is important mm. well that links perfectly with point number three the fact that we do say this a lot to clients remember and it's linked remember you're not a sustainability company so be careful how hard you lean into it. And, it's, you know, there is a lot of overlap here, but sometimes the sustainability messaging contain the core message of what you are in the product. And that our view is they should really be, it should, should be complementary rather than definitive. And this is where, this is the sense of where I'd written a previous piece, like sustainability is ruining branding because this is what's happening. They're going in 
coming in hot to it and it's just then you get confused and the messaging comes out wrong and it feels just feels wrong so it's jules's point that understanding where it plays for your customer is really important is it a tiebreaker or is it fundamental yeah. i mean for me the point i was going to lead on for julie's is two things first of all there is a lot of noise and a lot of people talking about what's going on out there and so it's easy to go that that's top the of the, that that's the top of the yeah. priority list so therefore we must jump on that but at the same time you're making a product to solve a problem and all birds have got to have be good shoes because if you're you know if you're saving if you're loading your carbon footprint but every time you go out into a glasgow street your feet are wet yeah, I, I don't give a toss, you know, and it's that's not so. Your, your product has has got to solve that problem. But as a second point, when you've got lots of products that can help solve that problem, it may be a differentiator to go which one's actually better for the planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's what I've t- I think I've used this example before when uh, I was buying my rain jacket, and Patagonia was one, and Lululemon was another. You know. Lululemon are not even nearly as sustainable and they don't have the same sustainability credentials as a company like Patagonia does. Ultimately, I preferred the jacket, so I bought the Lululemon one, you know, and it's that kind of, Mm -hmm. like you say, for some people, sustainability will be absolutely front and centre and will be the kind of the the driver of choice. For others, it'll be a, does it tick enough boxes to make me feel comfortable with buying it? But ultimately, I'm going to pick brand A over brand B because I prefer it. Is brand B doing enough as opposed yeah. to brand A? And that's going to be. And that, is it doing enough to? Yeah. Is it doing enough to ease my conscience? Yeah. Can I sleep at night? And yeah. therefore, yeah. So, and that's the thing as well, isn't it? It's for again, you know, it's sustainability is really important until for some it becomes too much of an inconvenience, yeah. and then it's you know, and, and I it's think that's the reality yeah. and it's of being, human nature, isn't it? It's understanding where you fit. Where in you that. fit in yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Grand tapestry. It's going to be interesting to see how this comes to life and how it helps nudge people mm-hmm. into making mm-hmm. not just better decisions for themselves, but for the planet. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I mean, oh, that, 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 that was good. Profound. Let's just stop there. <laughs> that's where I think companies like um, Small are interesting as well because that's they're a subscription based model for household cleaning products. So. Mm they're also very, very sustainable. So they, or they have, you know, they have, their sustainability credits are good. They've got fully recyclable packaging, et cetera. And so they're, they talk about sustainability, but they also talk about the fact that their products are great and it's really convenient because you can just get them sent out to you once a month based on how often your washing machine's on or how often you run your dishwasher. So it's that kind of, like you say, it's that hierarchy of messaging and where it all plays. So it's a core part of their brand, but it also ticks all the other boxes. Mm. And I think that kind of, like you say, how you buy and how you, be, you know, that, that opportunity to kind of influence mm. how people buy and how people behave is, is an interest, will be an interesting thing to see unfold. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Stuart, is be careful about the clarity of the language that you use. And this oh, is do we like the, the brand language yeah, chats, we do. don't we? Li- linked to the, the, the stuff in that legislation that's been thought about. So the bottom line is this subject matter is scientific and complicated very, very quickly. So be careful, you know, what, what, what you do. And it's about resisting the temptation to use jargon, challenging terminology and pushing up the, what I call our semantic barriers around, you know, about trying to show off. And I think that this is really, really important. It's everywhere in business. I mean, even this week, I was talking about just the level of sort of corporate constipation there is around this stuff, the bullshit, you know, about the language and the, you know, they can talk for days and write paper after paper, but what does it actually mean? What is it, what does it net down to? So it's about that study, using terms that people understand, using simple terms, everyday terms, 
And it's back to that thing. It's not new. This it's like benefit over features. It's like you know when we talk about how many times do we mention Apple, but you know when they talk about processors and technical things, they talk about the benefit it brings to the customer first. Yeah. Think about that, and let's not use the jargon. Yep. Yep. Like no it. comment. No pushback. Yeah, well, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, amen. You're, you're preaching to the converted mm, yeah. here, you know. Yeah. But, but I think, and yeah, oh, the only thing I was going to add there was just the kind of your your point earlier, really, about making it meaningful. And I think that's where those those small wins have a really important part to play in terms of talking about the the small gains as well as the big the big brand claims that you know where you want to be in ten years. Talk about where you what you're going to do over the next twelve months, and mm-hmm. then make it meaningful for people, so it's a bit more easy to. I and I think I think with. people inside businesses are yearning for that as well because mm. they're looking at the papers and the the stuff that's come that comes out and they go I don't know I don't know what that means mm-hmm. it sounds great mm-hmm. what does but, it mean and that's one thing we haven't really talked about here but one thing we do talk about a lot in terms of the internal you know the internal mm-hmm. communication of brand and its values and I think that will also be and a really important thing that businesses need to think about in terms of potential from a recruitment point of view, you know, people that want to work with a business that takes sustainability seriously. So how are you taking those claims, not only talking to your to your consumer, but also to your internal teams about what that means? Like, like we talk about from a core brand perspective, mm-hmm. what does it mean for the people that live it day to day? You know, and, and that's a, it's, a, it's just an extension of the same point we make when we're talking about, you know, brand mm. generally. But. And that... To be honest, that links to the the fifth point, which is about, I say, the sustainability and innovation are best friends. So I think what I mean by that is too often sustainability lives in a silo and it's kind of a a section on a website and it's lots of claims and it's pictures of trees and it's Mm. what we're doing. Whereas if you link it to the products or the things that you're doing, which inevitably, you know, it, you know, you are going to be innovative if you're looking to in, in 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 the race to net zero and bringing products that that tick those boxes. Then you have a platform from which to talk around about these things from an internal point of view and an external point of view. You know, you you can talk about the impact you're making. And the other thing that occurred to me in writing this was that you know, innovation, as we said before, is such a badly defined term in, in the corporate world for us, and, and it has been in the last decade. But the, if you link it to the sustainability aspect and aspiration, it does create a context and a purpose to 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 be exploited. Yeah. So you're killing two birds with one stone. Like it? I don't like innovation as a word, but no, I know you a, you particularly how, struggle how with about it. it. How about it as a value, Stuart? Because you, I fucking like it. hate it as a value. <laughs> It's just fucking nonsense. It's lazy ball. Yes, it is. But no, I think your point is right about tying those two things together, making the connection, and then it makes it a lot more meaningful. And that, yeah, and when you do the exercise of taking the brand apart, you get a sense of how they can all come back together. I mean, it it, it is quite abstracted. I get that, but you know, that's the that's the job. You need to find a way of landing landing the plane somewhere. And what's point number six? Is you know, it's a kind of marketing basic. Understand. Your customer's journey. This is linked to the point about where, what are your customers' expectations about sustainability? When and where do they expect you to talk about it? When is it annoying and when is it valuable? Yeah. Because at the moment, it's what's the phrase about if you've got a sustainability hammer, every yeah, every nails, every nails uh, needs smacked with yeah. it, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, much like more slick, slick guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talking about mixing metaphors, but the, I mean, I think that the the point is that be smart, understand where you fit and wh- when it's relevant, and when people want to hear about it. And once you do know that, and too much of this is speculated from within a boardroom as well. Yeah, I don't think enough brands actually go out and find this stuff out because it's quite easy to find out, and you'll be surprised at, at how. Actually, I'd be with my cynical hat, and you'd be surprised at actually how much consumers 
probably don't really care at the moment. Mm. But you can then tailor messaging appropriately and you crucially that ties back to being able to create the right content at the right time. Yeah, the, que- the question isn't if they care, it's when yeah. they care. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, because it, as, a, as somebody who's going to buy a telly, uh, it, it, it's not going to be top of my, I, I, I want to make sure it's got a good picture and it can plug into my console and I can do that. Now, th- later on down the line, when does it matter? And that's, you know, and then you've possibly got, depending on what it is, if they care, because, you know, if you're, if you're looking to buy 20 elastic bands, do you need a sustainability message on it? Maybe you do. Maybe. Maybe you do, but. Maybe it needs to be biodegradable rubber bands. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But then you have to understand at what point does that, that thought enter into the, the, the buying process? Yeah, where does process? that play? Yeah. And that's the point again about understanding, appreciating that the cost, the, any buying journey is not linear, you know, yep. and understanding at what points as a, as a brand, you have the opportunity to educate, reassure, influence, whatever that may be. And, and then again, defining and shaping your messaging to, to fit with that rather mm-hmm. than just banging every, everybody yeah. over the head with a sustainability drum. Again, not that's a, a, not a metaphor. It's not, it's not, it's saying, totally not it? a saying. I think maybe we'll put I, I usually, no, I, I, it's because you fucked up the one about the hammers and the the nails. Well, there's nothing I like better than getting battered over the head <laughs> with, with a with a drum, a sustainability <laughs> drum, while knocking knocking nails in with my sustainability hammer. The other one. It's a Friday night. <laughs> in. Indeed, smashing this. We're nearly there. So not there. Number seven, last tip, and again. We talk, you know, in many aspects of branding, this is this is true. Engage a wide group of people. Everybody's going to have a view and want, want, is going to want to have a say. I think it, so. It's advisable to consult widely across the business. I think too many of these initiatives in branding that we've worked on, we've seen not fail but fall short, maybe of the impact that they could have had. Is because they've not the consultation wasn't broad or deep enough. And yeah. back to your point, Jules, about if it doesn't live. If it doesn't work internally, people don't feel it internally. Game's a bogey, man. Correct. It's not going to work. Well, I actually think, sorry. No, carry on. I was just going to say, I actually, perhaps controversially think this is potentially the most important one. Because we talked about it again from a brand point. We've talked about this before, the importance of engaging marketing, sales, product. You know, sustainability is going to be could quite easily be something that can imagine entire departments. There are already entire departments and teams, but if this stuff is conjured up in a internally in a silo that exists only within a sustainability team, as soon as it goes out to the wider business, it's gonna it's gonna come a cropper pretty quickly. So that kind of early engagement and of mm-hmm. and uh, sense of shared ownership. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So they were the seven. Do we want a quick recap on what? Yeah. So firstly, it's a journey. It's not one and done. Two. Review the brand elements, take them apart, have a look at them and see what it fits. Three, you're not a sustainability company, unless, of course, you are, and then, in which case, <laughs> crack on. Um, four, four, clarity of language is really important. Five, try and link sustainability and innovation. And you'll get a great platform to tell stories. Six, understand where your customer fits and what your customer wants from you in terms of sustainability in the journey. And then seven, engage stakeholders widely across the business. And I think, you know, in closing, I think my perspective on this is where to trigger the article from. I think it is the biggest issue in branding at the moment. It's, and it's, we're not saying it's easy, it's challenging. I think though that in most cases, sustainability is likely to be complementary to the main product or service. And it's, you know, how we can help clients manage that from a brand and a messaging point of view. It's not going to be the differentiator it was. You know, there's, we're in this new era of transparency. Legislation is coming, so we better get ready. 
And I do think that in the next 10 years, you know, we are in this race, there is going to be a, a kind of Darwinian effect on brands that try to, to resist or, 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 or game it. So it's going to really be interesting to see who wins and loses and what changes in that race. And I, actually how br- the branding aspect evolves, because I don't think we've seen all the, the pitfalls and challenges yet. Mm. But I think that like you say it's early days, isn't mm, it? So early days. So there we are. Nice one. Enjoyed that. Yeah. I feel I've talked an awful lot on this one. No. Well, it's because it's your article know, that's right that you do. And and to be honest, you sound so intelligent. You do. You do. You're very lucky. Right? Very <laughs> intelligent and a wee How do we close out then, Stuart? We, 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 we just got all that out. We just got all that out. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you.